Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parents in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, you're listening to Now That's What I Call Parenting Hell, Volume 6. Hello, Tom Parry. Hey, dudes, how you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, well, am I the new? Am I the newest parent you've had on? I'm six weeks into being a parent. Oh yes, you are. Yeah, so here I am. Yeah, so I, I haven't. Li- I've got to admit, I haven't listened to the podcast because I've. I'm, I have just been come a parent, so it didn't apply to me for yeah until now. Um, so yeah, I've just come off my. I've got. I'm on the night shift at the moment, so I had. <laughs> I've got. I've got a six week old daughter. I had her till five. And then I woke up about half an hour ago, so this feels like it feels like it's eight o'clock in the morning for me. Right, right now. So, what are you doing in the early hours of the morning for those night films? Oh, I did, I did the Tom Hanks Da Vinci Code trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely scraping the bow. The first, I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you guys are the same, but like when 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 my, my daughter's called Gloria, when she first came along. I was like, I'm going to watch all the best films with you. I'm going to talk you through all the best films. It's going to be like rediscovering cinema. So I sat for the first week watching my favourite films. But by now, I've just run out of films to show her. So it's just any old shit. We'll stick any old shit on. <laughs> so what's Gloria doing when you're watching these films? Does she <laughs> she wake sleeps. Up? But she, uh, like, she sleeps really well on someone at the moment. And it's like... And it's like, we can put her in this, we've got this beside me cot, and we can put her in that, but we get less, uh, like Jane gets less sleep because she's, you know, she's up and down. So instead, like I get a bit, I get three hours kip in the evening and then I kind of get into this like night shift. (laughs) (laughs) And and like every three or four hours, I take her up for a feed and come back down. But I am absolutely loving it. I feel like a student again, because it's like, (laughs) I'm I'm staying up all night. You can eat whatever you like. I watched, it's like four o'clock in the morning and you're like, I'm going to bang on a Kevin Costner film. You just think, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done this since university. Oh, I'm absolutely loving it. Right, let's let's be clear. What hours are you keeping? I want to know your shift pattern. I, like t- about half 10, 11 till 5. That's kind yeah. of the shift on. So I get three hours before that. I go to bed at about 7, get as much sleep as I can in the evening. <laughs> then I get up at about 10. Then I'm on the night shift. I try and get through till 5. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. Terrible life. I'm so I'm so sleep deprived. I feel like I'm on drugs. It's like I feel like I feel like it's the final day of Glastonbury. It's just like every day, every day's just got like this gentle hum to it where I feel like I'm like slightly buzzing off my face because I just haven't had any sleep. It's amazing. And then the other thing I do is I watch BT Sports. I, I really want to work on a show that's like New Dad Sport Report because I end up watching. The other day I cried at an Australian rules football game. I didn't know who was playing. I didn't know who was playing, but it was just like, I don't know the rules of the game. It was like, there was like a last minute win and it was just like, oh, wow, the magic of sport, glow. <laughs> Gloria, this is what live sport's all about. But it's just like, I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. It's amazing. Oh. <laughs> when she sleeps, she's just fast asleep, and I just talk to her. I don't know if you remember the early days, because you're how old are yours now? How old are you? Oh, five and three. She's yeah. three. Oh, you're, you're through this bit, aren't you? Because like this the, bit, Tom. This isn't a normal thing that all parents go through. We're not all sat up watching Fast and Furious till five a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a critical phase where I've got one of those donut pillows. Well, Jane has. It's one of Jane's donut pillows. <laughs> there's been several occasions now where Gloria, because like I, I, I've got like um, I, I'm always a bit overweight, but I've put on a lot of weight. Uh, <laughs> and like <laughs> I haven't weighed it, but <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you this how much right. I had to do a day's filming the other day, and uh, it was supposed to be filming in February. Yeah. and uh, I'd given my costume measurements and I went in and they said um, so you said you were 36 waist and I said yeah but I think I'm probably 38 now so they gave me 38 and I didn't fit 38 <laughs> <laughs> Been proper daddy, so um, so, <laughs> so I've put on weight, and now Gloria, there's nothing worse than when your baby daughter stirs on you and trot. Like I've got, ju- I've got enough breasts for her to think that there's milk in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the other night, she properly started trying to have a go at my nipple because she figured there might be some milk in there. And was there any milk in there? Did she strike gold? <laughs> Well, skin on skin is very important, Josh. They preach that. <laughs> they preach. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was that back in your day, but skin on skin is essential for bonding, not just for the mother, but also for the father. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. So, there's got to be a cut off date. There's got to be a cut off date, though, isn't there? There's got, yeah, I don't know when. I'm not going to pick her up from school. Topless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quickly. I'll drive you home because you're waiting to do your driving lesson. He's at the house. <laughs> When she graduates, when she graduates, I'll have the old top round the end. Exactly. You need it just to get your head in the game for A-levels. You know, it's good for your development. Piggybacking into school, skin on skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, so like, I'm holding her. I, I hold her in, like, a cradle-type setup, but then there's a critical stage where I get her, I, I let go of her and put her onto the donut pillow that's around me so that I can have both hands free. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that's like the pivotal. Because if she doesn't wait when I do that, then I know I'm I'm in for the, a good three hours. A good three hours just yourself at night on your own in a way. It, I'm starting to get slightly jealous of your routine. Oh, I've got like a routine is that's that's the thing you crave. As long as you've got some kind of system, then you can kind of get through. You know, it doesn't feel like chaos. So like I have two flasks. I have one for my, I have a flask <laughs> for my right hand and a flask for my left. <laughs> Just in case. Right? How much? 
you sound like one of them like 50 stone men that don't move and just get they've got like and it's just yeah. around them yeah yeah that's how i feel i have a flask up on the for the left hand flask for the right in case i i, I it depends on what side i've got so what's in the flask that's water and then i've got a, i've got a thermos pint mug of uh, coffee <laughs> Thermos pint mug of coffee. That stays warm for a good hour and a half. Right? So that's in front of me. And I'll have two, two satsumas and a biscuit. Right? <laughs> two satsumas and a biscuit. And then and that's me then set up. I can get Carrot, to a fi- pint of milk. I can get to, <laughs> I can get till five o'clock on that. And then, but like it's only when I know she's entered into deep sleep, like when both of her hands have come up by the side of her head. When, like when she gets into deep sleep, both her arms come up like she's celebrating. And like that's when you know she's deep sleeping. That's when I can go for the, the crinkly wrapper. Too I early actually, for the crinkly wrapper. There was a stage where when uh, mine was so small that I could cradle her in my arms still and play FIFA. I could get oh. the controller in my hand and while still holding her. And that was a great moment. But then when she got a bit too big for that, it was terrible. But um, yeah. that was a great couple of weeks. And you have to temper your celebrations, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. So do you worry that what it's going to be like when you go back to, because presumably you're going to, everything's going to open up soon. And so you're going to be away again. Do you think you'll look back on this as a kind of a real period of bonding with your children? Yeah, we've definitely, I think in, in, in all seriousness, I think sometimes we, you know, we're never going to get this time back and we've been able to spend time together that we wouldn't have had otherwise. So like I, one thing I realized was that sometimes I've been so busy, I've, I've not looked in their eyes. And so sometimes I just hold their, like I, I, I genuinely, if you think about how busy we can get sometimes, how often do we just hold their faces and just look at their eyes? Just, you know, like, and that's what I do. I do. I do. I hold it. To a 14 year old. Yeah, he hates it, but I love oh, it. Anadia, you've got like the the thing I remember most about like the first time you rose to fame is you've got the most kind of your eyes really like look at people. Do you know what I mean? Your eyes really stand out. So the idea of you holding your fourteen year old's face <laughs> and just staring into their eyes, yeah, it's, kind of, it's an arresting image, Nadia. It is, but I also threaten him with taking him out of the inheritance if he doesn't look back. So, <laughs> It's like I will, I would, I will cut you out the inheritance. Look me in the eyes, and that usually works. Yeah, it must be like of all the people we've spoken to um, in your children's life, your life has changed so dramatically in what yeah. you were doing before. I don't know what how old your children would have been when you did Bake Off. What was it, six or seven years ago now? Yeah, like it was. They were my eldest was eight, so really little. And has that effect? Like, how have they adapted to that? A lot of chill people who we spoke to when they've had kids, like their job, their job, and has been the same throughout. But did it change how you parented and stuff like that? Of course. I mean, our challenges became different. You know, going out, 
whether it's restaurants or just down the street, you know, when people recognize you. Um, it's it's not as easy anymore because I think as they've gotten older, where it, it felt like fun at the beginning, my eldest has become quite protective um and he's you know I'm he's bigger than I am you know he's bigger than me if he if he doesn't like what I'm saying you know he just grabs me around the waist picks me up and takes me back in the kitchen like he, does, <laughs> he, just, he just picks me up I he say 50s dad get back in there <laughs> He never says anything. He doesn't say anything. He holds me around the waist, picks me up off the ground, takes me in the kitchen and walks out, shuts the door and he's gone. And so it's it's re- it has changed as they've become older. It's definitely changed. Like they had this, my eldest had a task to talk about somebody that inspires them, somebody in the public eye that inspires them. And I said, so you're going to be writing about me. He goes, don't be ridiculous. So he couldn't like, so for them, they couldn't care less. Like the boys do not care what I do. They don't want to be a part of it. They're not interested at all. Um, the idea that I do this, it makes no difference to them. Um, but I remember really early on when it, they were having this in, in school when we'd just moved them, because uh, we used to live in Leeds and, and and we'd just moved them to, we'd moved them to their new school. And the teacher asked him, what, what does your, what do your parents do? It was a question they were asking all the kids. Um, and he didn't know what to say. And I remember we, we always have this conversation. It's really funny because like so much has changed in the last six years. And he was like, and she, he said, miss, can you come back to me? So he couldn't work out what I do because like, I don't have holidays. It's just, it's a bit, it's freelance, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. so, so for him, he was like, I don't really know what she does. So he couldn't put a name up to it. Yeah. And then he just said, um, um, as she follows her dreams. Aww. And I was like, oh man. Like, oh, wow. Sold out on a pillow, man. Sold out <laughs> on a pillow. Like, genuinely, when he said that, I was like, and that sticks with me, that stays with me forever. And ultimately, as parents, you know, what we do doesn't really matter as long as they believe that we're following our dreams in yeah. the hope that they'll follow theirs. And that's ultimately what I've always ever wanted. So the fact that I do this job means nothing to the boys. But yeah. my little girl, can I say, um, she loves every second of it. Every second. <laughs> When we would go out to town and people didn't recognize me, so we'd be walking past and if people don't look at me or recognize, she watches, she watches to see who looks, who twitches, who might turn back around. So she's out there watching, looking. She loves all of that. And um, she, um, when one day we were walking past, nobody recognized me. I was like, great day, we can get on and get stuff done. And she, in the middle of the town center, turns around, walks up ahead of me about... 10 yards, stands in front of me, turns around, hands on her mouth and says, oh my gosh, is that Nadia from the Bake Off? And what happens? <laughs> Everybody turns around. Oh, it's funny. And I'm stuck in town for an hour, signing things, taking selfies. And I was like, while I, whilst I, I don't mind any of that, I try to stay away from it when I'm with my kids. Yeah. And she just stood there. And I bet the Bake Off crowd take ages to take a selfie. <laughs> I mean, the age demographic they've got leather cases on their phone yep. they've got their thumb over the camera they're, they're a bit doddery some yep. of them it must yep, be yep, a yep. Yeah. bad angles bad yeah. angles yep. <laughs> that's that. just Mary Berry never mind everyone else <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of stuff she into is she watching a lot of Peppa Pig or CBBS oh, a lot of Peppa Pig at the moment <laughs> there's really? a lot I mean I am a big fan Oh. They, that, are you? Are either of you in it? Are either of you doing any kids' voices? No, I've goals? never done one. No. But um, we interviewed um, Doc Brown, and he'd done the the. Is it Jack and Nora? It's not Jack. Bedtime and Nora, stories. It's the bedtime, bedtime, bedtime stories. stories. 
Yeah, which yeah. a lot of people want to do. Would you do any of them, Michael? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I could see you appearing in, a, you know, an episode of Justin's house, getting pied in the face, something like that. <laughs> I'd love to get pied by Justin. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what's the deal with Justin? Because he's... he's on, I mean, does he own CBBS or something? <laughs> what's that all about? Because he does Justin's house, they do Mr. Yeah. T- I think Mr. I mean, Mr. Tumble's the best one. I mean, yeah, that's Mr. great. He does, the, he does the, the the game show where he plays all the characters. Is that the, is that the skit yeah. show? That is yeah, that yeah. far show for yeah. the kids. Yeah, that one. That one's one step too far. That is. That's he's jumped I've the got, I've, I've got a theory on that one. I yeah. reckon you know when like someone's got a lot of power at a channel. And then yeah. he's gone, if I do another series of Mr. Tumble, you have to take that sketch show I've been pitching to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's good, but it's not vintage. No, it's not classic. It's good. It's all good. Don't get me wrong. Talking about bedtime stories, you know, it's always a little bit of a thrill to go, ooh, who's doing bedtime story today? Yeah. Oh, look, it's Tom Hardy. Or, you know, it's Sam Mendes. Or, you know, it's like some odd people show up. The big gig for that, I'm, I'm guessing... Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Guess who did Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? Who? Bloody Justin. Both of them. <laughs> because he's just not on enough. <laughs> he only comes out for the big events. I'll do Christmas yeah. Eve. Oh, wow. Yeah. Leave yeah. it to me. Night before Christmas, that's mine. Because <laughs> he actually did the night before Christmas on the night before Christmas. Um, that was a big gig and he got that. Yeah. But I mean, all that, I mean, I do think his show is amazing. Do you think like, you could the do signing that? and all that. Would you be good as a kind of children's Mr. Tumble actor? I don't, I don't know about that. You, when you're watching that, are you <laughs> seeing the craft? Do you know what I mean? Like, well, we have we have a lot of conversations about it is a real skill to yeah. be able to do the, you know, talking to kids on TV without, on the one hand, sounding patronising and condescending, but then on the other hand, coming across, uh, across as really creepy. Because yes. a lot of actors, I've noticed a lot of actors go on the bedtime stories thing and they've clearly gone, right, I'm not talking down to the kids. I'm not <laughs> talking down. I'm just going to speak to them straight. <laughs> and then they come across really scary. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a mistake. So it's a real skill to be able to do that. Yeah. And a lot of them are really good. But what I do find myself doing, and this happened with Lily as well when she was little, and, and essentially really had made a difference to my career because I... People now think that I'm very good at, you know, I must have been good at doing impersonations and that kind of stuff when I was growing up. I was terrible. I couldn't do impersonations. I wasn't that person at all. I couldn't mimic anyone or anything like that. And then when Lily was really little, she would watch, you know, Disney films, Pixar films, whatever it was. And she would then want us to, you know, tell her stories about those things that she'd watched. And she would like, and uh, because she was totally non-judgmental, I would just have a go at doing the voices of those characters. Yeah. And, I, and slowly, over time, I found, like, I was quite good at doing them. Like, I get yeah. really quite close to the voices and stuff. So it, it eventually ended up to the point where it gave me the confidence to have a go at doing Tony Blair and that kind of stuff. I wouldn't have had the confidence to do it had I oh, not really? done it. If you hadn't done, you know, Woody from Toy Story or whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Sully from Monsters, Inc., all that, yeah. Oh, and wow. all, all seven dwarves 
in no. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, she used to. She <laughs> she, she got to the point. Yeah, she would say. Uh, she would say uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Daddy, and she would be Snow White. She would just sit there, and then she would make me be all seven dwarves <laughs> doing stuff, and she would slowly get quieter and quieter, so she wouldn't add anything to it as Snow White, and the Seven Dwarfs would just have a conversation around her. That's what she enjoyed the most. <laughs> wow! It, I was exhausted by the end of every day. Exhausted. <laughs> So that grumpy must have been easy then by the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but with Lyra, what I'm finding now is because we watch so much like CBBS and all that kind of stuff, I um, I do find myself because you were asking, do I do the voices of any characters? I I don't, but I do find myself trying to have a go at all of them, all the Peppa Pig characters, yeah. all the Moon and Me characters, all yeah. in the Night Garden, all of that. So, and in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I could step into that. If old Derek Jacobi decides to give it a miss, I could pop in there. Could you give us a line or two of a uh, of a children's CBB? Well, I mean, uh, Moon and Me, I think is Can you say I think is the best. Moon <laughs> yeah. and Me is the best. Yeah, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful show. I've not seen and, Moon and Me. Oh, it's so oh, good. Right. It's I'll have really to give it good. a whirl. Yeah, it's oh, great. It's fantastic. Your kids are a bit old for it now, I think, maybe. Oh, really? Uh, it's yeah. it's shot so beautifully. It's like a good in the night garden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's also, they should swap it around, because in the night garden, it's quite frantic and gets her a bit worked up. Whereas Moonami, which is on earlier, yeah. is very relaxing. So I think Moonami should finish. Anyway, yeah. anyway, that's all. That uh, in the Night Garden reminds me of the weird bit of Glastonbury in the Night Garden. <laughs> I mean, is it, you go in that one field, you're in there for about two minutes, but nah, not nah. Yeah. Let's go back, killers are on. I had to queue yeah. for an hour to get into this field, and now it's just... <laughs> a fucking lunatic. Oh, no, it's the Ninky Dom. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> Rob, you've got this to look forward to. Oh, God. So we've, we've got this thing in our house called Shark Week. Have you ever heard of Shark Week? Do you know what that is? Is it on National Geographic? Were they, <laughs> they just show it is, Okay, it is also a show on, a, on National <laughs> okay. Geographic. But it's also what um, I think a man came up with it, by the way, what some people call being on your period. But oh, when, okay. I, I, know, I, know, I know you guys and you don't want to talk about it, but you've got girls and you're going to need it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to need to know this. So something to do with the moon. Please get someone to email in or whatever, let you know exactly what it is. But something to do with the moon causes all the females in the house to be on their period at the same time. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so my husband, my husband, like he goes to B&Q for like, Eight hours. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but you all acknowledge it, and you've called it shark. Like that's a good yeah. way of kind yeah. of. Yeah, it, 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 there was a there was a point where at first my husband was like, "What the hell is going on?" And then, <laughs> and then we kind of realised it. I mean, we'd, we'd always known, but it wasn't like it wasn't a thing. But when you're all on lockdown, you can't help but it be a thing. And yeah, and so yeah, periods are something that we just talk about, and it's just like, yeah, okay, so this is happening. This is why I'm being an absolute bee, and you know, and uh, not not you just have to deal with it, but just let. Can everybody just tread carefully? Uh, yeah, so it's sort of like an accepted thing. And then that way he's not going to get in trouble for moaning and then yeah. you're not being defensive. <laughs> it's sort of another yeah. thing. It's all going to be a bit tetchy this week. It's yeah. sharp week. Let's just keep your heads down and plow exactly. through it. Okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, um, as I said, you've got that to look forward to. That's a great term. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And I'm, I'm really regretting getting a female hamster and a female cat. <laughs> <laughs> Tsunami of sharks. (laughs) Do you find it more difficult to talk about your teenage daughters than you would about, say, a three-year-old or stuff? Because 
Are you worried about what you would say about them in public? In a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> because I kind of, well, first of all, I know my kids are going to listen to this because they love the show as well. So, uh, yeah, I am definitely conscious of what I say. But the thing is as well, like, um, I would like to think that I communicate enough with my daughters for them to know exactly what I think yeah. of them, you know, and, and how much I love them and how amazing I think they, they are. Um, and, and also as well, I'm their mom. They're so used to me being outspoken and saying yeah. things and embarrassing them and like, oh my God, did your mom really say that? And it's just like, yeah, she did. <laughs> that's that's what she's like, you know. So um, yeah, I don't I don't think they'd be, you know, too too upset. I hope not anyway. No, I think that's it, isn't it? You should like, be honest, they can't complain. If you're open at home and you know, that I mm. think that's that's so much of the battle, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Communication is key. That's, um, yeah, number one, uh, number one. Apart from with the toddler. That's, I mean, as you know, it's <laughs> just part of it. Just That's very much it. about number eight with the toddler, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> oh, Do you feel like you'll get, she gets away with a bit more, though? Like, how's your parenting changed from a 20-year-old to, like, a three-year-old now? Like, are you a lot calmer and, and more laid back than you were with your firstborn? Yes, definitely. I think with um, with my 20-year-old, I, I say this all the time, like, my, my 20-year-old and kind of my 15-year-old, they were kind of tester kids. <laughs> and then my I feel like I can give my best to my youngest just because I feel like I know what works. I've tested what works and I've tested what doesn't work. Um I've, and also my eldest two are very different to each other. So I've gotten a feel for I feel like two ends of the spectrum. Um and so um yeah, um with my youngest, I mean, let me tell you one thing. Lockdown has definitely changed. I was that parent that my child is never going to even touch an iPad until she's <laughs> six. And you know, and I, I was that parent and, and now she's, you know, I've got an iPad, but it's more or less hers. And yeah. and I just um oh my gosh, I saw this wicked quote the other day and it said, um, if you're worried about your child watching too much TV, put it on mute, put the subtitles on, and then they're reading. And I thought, do you know what? Yeah. That, that's a shout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think, though, if you're worried about your kid watching too much TV, then the reality is you haven't got too many worries in your house. I mean, growing <laughs> up, me watching too much TV was the last thing anyone was worrying about with what oh, was true. going on. <laughs> that's really, you've got to get yourself lucky because there's... You know, yeah. people are like, oh, worried about, you know, getting them to school or whatever or getting their dinner yeah, on. So, exactly. You know, a bit of telly won't hurt no one. It didn't do me any harm. Nah. Yeah, it's not going to be Marcus Rashford's next campaign. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> the problem is, because <laughs> for me, though, I was going, I'm all right. I, think, I couldn't even read properly until I was about seven or eight. But... <laughs> I say that to Lou and she looks at me in disgust going, but that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> at the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, 
you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. If you got a, a day completely to yourself, right, for whatever reason, like a couple of one night, full day, full night, what would you do with yourself, Joe? What would be your day? Do I have to be, is it with or without Stacey? Let's do with Stacey and do without Stacey. Without Stacey, what would you do? Oh, you know what? I've, I haven't gone to the gym in about two years, so I'm getting really fat. I'd like to probably go gym. I go gym in the morning, and then yeah. I love my fishing. I go fishing all day, just by myself, no one <laughs> around me. I'll put my rods in and just freaking zone out. And golf, you like golf as well, don't you? Like, I was talking to Josh about... Yeah, we about... went. Yeah, hey, we Josh, went golf. I took, Josh, I took Beckett golf, right? On yeah. the hottest day of the year last year. <laughs> 35 degrees. And we didn't have no suntan lotion. <laughs> and I've never seen someone... And I'm the ginger one. I was fine. <laughs> I've never seen someone go so red in all my life. <laughs> Honestly, Becky, didn't we think you had heat stroke at one stage? Yeah, at one point I had to lay down on the buggy, didn't I? Just in the shade. <laughs> yeah. And you poured you water like on my head. Bit, you like a bit of golf now, didn't you? Yeah, I've started now. I've tried to explain to Josh. It's a great yeah, way to get away not, from kids. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, Do you is. know what? This fishing sounding good. Because you don't actually have to do anything, right? I love it. You know what? I've only just started getting into it um, the last three months with my boy. And we love it because we found a little place up in Essex where you get a little cabin... And in the cabin, you get like a little TV and a couple of beds and, a little, and like a little fridge. They bring you over your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner. And you just put your rods out and just sit by the river. Just and have a open chat. To catch a... Listen, I've been fishing for three months. I ain't caught one fish. But... <laughs> <laughs> but there is not one bit of fishing equipment I haven't got, mate. I am literally, I am literally, if you was going to draw a picture of someone with all the gear, no idea, it's me. But... <laughs> But you know what it is, Beckett? Beckett, you know what it is? It's a step up from golf, because golf gets you out of the ass for about three hours, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fishing, the fishing gets me out for like two two days, mate. I love it. <laughs> I'm out for like two nights. Well, my, father-in-law, my father-in-law was talking to my mum about it. And he went, yeah, I go down to the coast and I get down there and I get my sandwich out, my thermos, and I got my chair. And he went, sometimes I don't even get my rods out. I just sit there for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's brilliant. We get a little fire going. Oh, yeah. I love it. I, I love it. And our, our life, what we do as well as a job, we're so busy and we're always yeah. sort of 100 mile an hour and everyone's like in your face and you've always got to be happy. Like you said, you've always got yeah. to give the best side of you and stuff like that. And I think there's nothing better than just to do nothing and just to really just fucking... Just think about real things for a little while. Yeah, and totally then... agree. And just sort of like re- re-energise rather than just giving out energy the whole time. Exactly. One, one second, boys. Let me just yeah. put this kid in the bath. Wait there. Do you want to get in the bath? Give me one second. Stay there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, though. It's great. This is live parenting in an interview. Yeah. Oh, is he actually getting in the bath? Yeah. You know what? He was. I had a bath ran earlier on. He was going to get in it, but he didn't. And I was just saying, he's chucked everything in there, all the deodorants, the brushes. So he's in. let him just play with him in the bath. It's easy this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Do you do shifts with Stacey then? If you've got work like, so like you'll have Rex now from half 10 to half two and Stacey can do some work or whatever. What, how, how do you split it up or is it? No, I mean, it, it, we just sort of take it as it is. So like yesterday, Stacey was at work. She was at Loose Swimming. So she leaves at about seven o'clock. So 
I just got up, I have the baby all day, we go for a walk in the forest and stuff, I have to do breakfast and lunch and then and then when I'm at work, she'll do the same. But during the day when we both haven't got work, we there's no timetable to it, but like Stacey will go, I'm just gonna have a little ten minutes and she'll yeah. have ten minutes, or I'll say I'm gonna have ten minutes. So it, it's it's an unspoken thing, but yeah, we do sort of do shifts yeah. of su- of such. What would you do, Joe, if you and Stacey you've got a day together, no kids yeah. around? Oh, I think I'd... You can take her fishing? I'd love to take her fishing. She's not having it at the moment. No. I think me and Stacey, I think it'd be nice to, to get up, cook her breakfast, then we'll go for a little walk, and then we'll have a little bit of time together in the, in the afternoon, and then we'll have some dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll have a yeah. little bit more time later on that night. You know... Just some lovely time. There's not been a lot of that Just... time recently. There's not been no. a lot of times recently. No, it seemed like more time. When was the last time you had time? When was the last time you had time together? Uh, <laughs> uh, mate, honestly, isn't it bad? Isn't it bad, man? I don't even know. I don't even know, but... Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, I'd, I'd, I'd be getting the time in as much as I could. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I've got my final question I always ask everyone, Josh. Um, yeah. Well, um, what would... Um, if, Joe! If, Joe! Sorry, why don't you say it? Oh, I thought you were genuinely talking to me then, No, Rob. no. Joe... One final question, yeah. Joe. Um, We're so if, similar, me and Joe Swash. That's I know, the thing. that's why I get it. It's, it's just, all I can see is just big curly ginger hair. That's the problem. Um, is, is there something that your partner does, and in this case, Stacey, something Stacey does that, um, as a parent, annoys you a little bit, that you can't really say about it being a row? Obviously, it's taken that Stacey's an incredible mother, but is there something that she does that you disagree with that annoys you a bit, that you can't bring up because there'll be a row, but if she did listen to this, she would yeah. sort of hear it and go, oh, yeah, maybe he's right. What, what, what would that be? So Stacey lays out certain rules, parenting okay. rules, that we've got to follow, but she doesn't follow her own rules. So, like, okay. for instance, I'll, get, I'll give the baby a little bit of orange juice in his cup, yeah? And she'll go, oh, my God! You're going you're gonna to rot his teeth! You're off your red! She'll make a big thing about it, yeah? And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, do that again. And then, like, a week later, she'll be like, oh, so we let him have a little bit of orange juice? <laughs> so, it's, I think sometimes it's the hypocrisy yeah. of, of her parenting yeah. that does me in. It's the Fair things enough. that she's allowed to do that I'm not allowed to do. But apart from that, like you said, she's amazing. And what would you and what would she say about you? What thing annoys her about the way you parent? Yeah, she hates it. I've got this thing where I'm a little bit lazy when it comes because sometimes you have a little smell, you're like, is he had a shit? Is he got a poo? I don't yeah. know. And then yeah. like, I've got to take all his clothes off and fucking take his clothes off to realise it weren't a poo and put all his clothes back on. Yeah. So I like now just to dip my finger in. <laughs> so I just, I just, I just get, I find a little gap in his baby grow, and I work my way down, and I find a little gap, and I dip my finger in, and then I can, and I go, no, he's all right, nothing there. <laughs> then on a lot, on a lot of occasions, you're like, you don't have to smell your finger, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The orange juice isn't the issue there, Joe. I'm more on Stacey's side than you, there, mate. I think Stacey's <laughs> got a point. Just put in, you know. Well, no, you can't Come just... On. It's too much of a risk to put your finger into potential human shit just to save weird, a bit though. of time. Come on, you must admit, your own child's shit is not... It, I, I look at Rex's shit like <laughs> like it's Play-Doh. Do you know what I mean? Because it's his 
is. Because it's come from him. Because you love him so much, you don't mind his shit. Is that what you're I saying? I could be, I could be, I could be elbow deep in his shit, and I'll be like, ah, oh, sorry. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a person who's spoken to who loves their kids as much as you, Joe. And I think it no. comes across. I've, I've got an oh, off-topic question about restaurants, Jared. Oh, love it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is the forum. We'll soon find but out. You once told me. What the hell are you going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> you once told me about Priscilla Presley taking you to a restaurant. Yes. And it, it remains one of the best anecdotes I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and um, I know it's off topic. But it is off topic. Can well, I just ask? I, I, do you know what? Let's set up normally. Jared, have you ever been to a restaurant with Priscilla Presley? <laughs> you should get a chat show, Josh. Is this yeah, it? That was, that was so slick. Well, funny you should say that, Josh. <laughs> That's weird. That was my next question. Oh, um, well, yeah, I, I did Pento with uh, Priscilla Presley. Uh, and what was, was she it? like? She was amazing. She was Ooh. genuinely amazing. Look... She's such a big celebrity that yeah, of course. everyone was really the, – the first rehearsals, everyone was really nervous um, of what she's going to be like and stuff like that. And they were basically wanting us to, you know, tread on eggshells around her until we could figure out, you know, what, yeah. what she is like. Um, I had to do a photo shoot with her and Warwick Davis <laughs> at the Savoy Hotel. <laughs> And I am, I'm aware that, like, I was third build in this panto, but I'm aware there's a big drop from <laughs> second billing to, to third billing, right? I'm, you, you guys know me. I'm a realistic bloke, right? You know when a football team have spent all their money on Ronaldo? Yeah, and then there's 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 some good players in the team. Thomas Graveson turns up. There's some solid players in the team. Yeah, yeah. But Priscilla yep. Presley's selling the shirts. Big time, big time. And, you know, Warwick's selling a bit of merch too. Oh, you yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So we're in, the, we're in the Savoy Hotel and they've got paparazzi there. I'm talking like 30 photographers. And, I, you know, I knew what was going to happen. And it happened exactly how I thought it would. And uh, so Priscilla goes out and they're all clicking away, clicking away, shouting her name and stuff. Then Warwick goes out, clicking away, shouting her name. Then I walk out, one click. Uh, we're done now, <laughs> right? <laughs> One click's worse than zero, mate. Is it though? I got a zero. I got a zero click at the NTAs. I was behind Talisa, and it was like the like every single flash of every camera went off when Talisa walked past. And then I stood there, and they went, "Yep, keep going." I went, "Yeah, fair yeah, enough." <laughs> so I've been no clicked. So one <laughs> click, I'll take that, Jared. Mate, one click, and then I stood there, and the PR person said, do you want to take any more? And I said, no, no, I think I'm done. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to support Stephen Merchant on tour. Amazing. And we'd go out afterwards, and there'd obviously be loads of people out the back of the theatre, and they'd all queue for the photo with him. <laughs> and then occasionally someone would ask for a photo with me, and, you'd go, and it'd be embarrassing. But worst was occasionally someone would say, do you want me to get a photo with you? And that is... A, <laughs> a pity. Yeah, a pity. Of, they're offering me. Yeah. A pity photo. Is there anything worse? Oh, So you've been one oh. click. You're in the Savoy with Warwick Davis. Yeah, one click. Um, and then we go into this other room to have interviews with uh, journalists. And, you know, all the big papers are there. And then I'm in the corner with the Wimbledon Gazette. 
And uh, the the journalist guy says to me, do you think I'll get a chance to interview Priscilla? And I said, no, absolutely not. And, uh, and he was like, well, can you just go in? And I was like, mate, there's a reason I'm having an interview with you. I don't even want... I don't even want to be, you know, I'm not looking over at The Guardian going, I wonder if I'll get a shot at getting an interview with The Guardian. Let's do the interview and let's go and get some lunch, mate. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I really want to talk to Priscilla Presley. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be in The Telegraph. Come on, mate. (laughs) Just realise where you are in the world, all right? And they, Priscilla Presley had a fake apple and she says, do you want me to bite it? Do you, she said something like, do you want me to actually bite it? And I said before, without even thinking, only if you want to fucking die. And there was silence. And then Priscilla started laughing and everybody did that really annoying, sycophantic sort of, once she started laughing, everyone was like, oh. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, that's spoken like a real comedian. I've felt that, that feeling before. Oh, yeah. but those that silence for a couple of seconds oh, where everyone's oh, like, oh, oh, oh my yeah. God, I can't believe you've just said that. So she was great skill. She was awesome. Um, and this is just, a, this has taken me a long time to get to the story you wanted me to tell. No, but I loved, I loved the story on the way. I didn't know there was more. <laughs> oh, there's been a hell of a journey with her. Um, in, in the panto, I used to, uh, uh, I was her henchman. I was the uh, woodcutter or whatever it is. I was the one who was meant to murder Snow White, but I didn't. Mm. Uh, so every time I went on stage, I would improvise a new uh, a new name for her. Hello, my queen of delayed tubes. You know, hello, my queen of anything negative that was in the story, in the news, I would try and spin it in each time. Um, and there was one time where I went on and called her the queen of awkward family photos. Do you remember that website? Yeah. Yeah. So I called her that. at the time. Yeah. It was popping off. It was massive in 2013. It was was popping off on Bebo. (laughs) And MySpace. It was all over MySpace. Yeah. And uh, so I said that, and she, on stage, just turns to me and says, what did you say? Whoa. And I went, "Uh, uh, queen of awkward family photos. And she said, what photos have you seen? And in my head, I'm going, oh, man, she has taken this. She doesn't know about the website, Awkward Family Photos. So I'm just panicking on stage, right, looking at her, thinking, oh, oh, I I thought this was a pretty safe bet, this line, but it has gone into murky waters. And then I said, I I haven't seen any photos. And she said, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this off stage. The audience audience are wetting themselves, right? Because I am... I was shitting myself, but I was aware I was on stage, so I was really playing up the panic as well. Yeah. yeah. And in Panto, if things like that happen, people just think it's part of the show. <laughs> so they're just laughing and going with it. And we go on, we walk off stage after that scene, and she says, I'm not talking to you, and just walks <gasps> off. I was like, oh, man, oh, man. And then I had like 30 minutes until my next scene with her where she's in a harness and she's being hoisted up to fly across the stage, right? And I think, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to her before we go on for this scene. Oh, God. This so she's awful. getting hooked up in the harness. Could I just say, this isn't even the story I asked for either. This... 
I'm sorry. This is this is what the podcast is about. It's funny right, though, this, is, this is unbelievable. I've, I genuinely, I'm in a spinny chair and I've had to turn away from my mic because I'm too awkward. <laughs> so she's getting hooked up in this harness to fly and I go up to her and, you know, I just oh say, God. look, Priscilla, I, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to offend you about that awkward family photo. So, there's a website called Awkward Family Photos, and it's, you know, people are just putting in their own family photos on it. And, you know, a lot of them are from the 80s, and it's all about their hairstyles. And, you know, some people dress up in the same jumper, and it's just, you know, I'm just rattling on. She's just staring at me, and then she oh slowly God. starts getting lifted up, slowly starts getting lifted up, and then she just says to me, uh, yeah, I know what it was. I was just winding you up. Ha, ha, ha. And then just gets taken on stage. And I was like, I cannot believe she just wow. played me. Wow. For 30 minutes. I was sweating, man. Oh, my God. She actually went on stage giggling. Oh, wow. <laughs> actually went on stage her. giggling. So she was a lot of fun. Um, and she came out, she came to Nando's with us a few times. Uh, turns out her favorite drink is Red Bull and vodka. Um <laughs> Wow. I know. Awesome. So, so, so the story you wanted yeah. me to tell, the story yeah. you wanted me to tell, she invited me to lunch with her and her assistant mm-hmm. in between shows. And she said, we found this great French restaurant in Wimbledon Village. And she said, I just love it. The ambiance. It's just genuine French. It's so good. So we get in the car <laughs> and we rock up to Cafe Rouge. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of getting out of the car thinking, oh, I can't. I can't believe this. Um, and we we sit down and I say to her, what is it about this place that you really like? And she said, it's just so authentically French. And she said, you know, we ate here the other day and I had quite an incredible beef bougenot. And I'm staring out the window at the Carluccio's across the road thinking, why couldn't she have gone there? Uh, and so we eat the meal and I, d- I didn't want to be – the guy who popped the bubble about mm. it because she was genuinely yeah. delighted about you it. You can't, you can't in that uh, situation. You can't. She was dropping French to the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, um, we get back to the, we get back to the theater and, you know, I said, thanks for, thanks for lunch. And she was like, Oh, that's great. We should go back. We should take some other people back there. I'm sure they'd love it. And, uh, and she said, it looks, you know, the, Maybe if we take a big group of us there, though, you know, oh. as, as it's an independent restaurant, they would really. And it was at that point I, I said to her, "Look, Priscilla, it's it's a chain restaurant. There's loads of them." And she said, "I don't believe you. I don't oh. believe you." Um, and then I just dropped it. I dropped it. And then probably three weeks later, we were standing in the wings, about to go on stage, and uh, she hears her cue line, and then just turns and looks at me, and she says, "Cafe Rouge is a chain restaurant." <laughs> I'm so disappointed. And then walks on stage and does the scene. (laughs) That's it for this special best of episode. We'll be back next week. Josh, you fancy going for a beer? Maybe like the 14th of April? Can't do the 14th of April, Rob. How come it comes? We're doing the Parenting Hell Arena tour at Manchester Arena. Oh, okay. How, yeah, about, how about the 19th of April? Oh, no, I can't do that. I'll be doing the Parenting Hell Live tour in Nottingham. What about the 20th of April? Cardiff Arena. Parenting Hell Live, Cardiff oh. Arena. 
21st of April? 20, uh, no, I can't do that either. London 02. 20, 20, 23rd of April? I can do the 22nd. We've got a day off. Uh, okay. 23rd, yes, yes, <laughs> Wembley. What about the 28th of April? I'm in Birmingham. Do you know what, Rob? Parent in Hell Live tour. Yeah, but we'll just have a drink afterwards. Yeah, should we do that? Yeah, that'd be nice. We need to plug the live tour, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a live tour of Parenting Hell, and I cannot wait. It's genuinely going to be an absolute thrill to do. And do you know what it would make? A perfect Christmas present. Two of those tickets. Ooh. Oh, great Christmas present. Or Father's Day present or Mother's Day present. Exactly. See you there. Hello, Tom Allen here. And Susie Ruffle. We have a podcast called Like-Minded Friends. It's very much a celebration of, I don't know, what would you say, Sue's being queer? Being queer, but also chit-chat. There's loads of straight people that love it, so I think that you should come along and listen to it. There's something for everybody. It's been described as white noise for gays, but also we had a lovely section about Glade plugins. <laughs> so why don't you listen to it? Search Like-Minded Friends wherever you get your podcasts. That sounded quite professional, didn't it? If you are not in the queue and you are waiting, then step to the side. He got in touch. He said, yeah, sorry, mate. You didn't seem like yourself the other day. You've only met me three times. The self-service checkout. I don't care what you're called. I'm not getting tricked into working here. People at festivals in those stupid jester hats. I glanced at a tampon. £2.69 <laughs> for a bottle of water. Why is your Wi-Fi Social code? Media. 10 characters long. starts guiding you. I don't care Boot if you're watching. Boots cut jeans. What's upset you now? I'm Sean Walsh. And I'm Paul McCaffrey. We are the hosts of What's Upset You Now, the UK's angriest podcast. And we are back for Series 5. Booyah! We all love a good moan, don't we? And Sean and I, well, Sean mostly, are two of the best in the absolute business. And every Tuesday and Thursday, we moan about all those little things that really get our goat. We also have guests. What guests have we had, Sean? We have had Romish Ranganathan, Rob Beckett, Mark Lamar, Joe Brand, Catherine Ryan, Tom Allen. 15-minute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Brand new What's Upset You Now, Series 5, out now. Oh, for God's sake. Soap from the Box is the TV podcast that goes behind the scenes of the nation's favourite shows, including Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks and EastEnders. You know, it was literally, we couldn't sort of go anywhere we was, you know, without being recognised. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed the shows and the stars in them. On this podcast, I delve where no one else has been. You can listen to over 70 episodes right now with stars including Sue Johnston, Glynis Barber, Denise Welsh, Sid Owen, Sally Dynevor and Danny Minogue. No more, no more. In this week's episode, I chat to the star of one of the biggest Christmas films of all time. Hi, I'm Martine McCutcheon. Yes, Love Actually and EastEnders actress Martine McCutcheon goes behind the scenes with me, especially for you. It's such a beautiful thing, like, to be part of your legacy, to leave behind. Soap from the Box, the TV podcast you don't want to miss.